a football coach that I know once said to me that he viewed God's role in our daily lives as being similar to that of his own. He gave his best efforts to prepare these young men for the game. But he said as he would send them out onto the playing field, they were pretty much on their own. There they would be expected to exercise their free will to follow the things that they had been taught. That philosophy did not ring well with me. I was uncomfortable with it. But then, as I have observed myself, unfortunately, and other Christian brethren living out our daily lives and all of our lifestyles, it seems that there are a vast number of Christian men and women who live by that or a very similar philosophy. In these closing verses of James chapter 5 that I hope to focus our attention on today and perhaps for the next two or so weeks, we find that God is once again urging us to consider what His role actually is what it should be as we respond. And as we go through all these many circumstances that take place on our playing field, our daily life, whether our circumstances be mundane and ordinary or they be dramatic and life-changing, may we begin by stating simply that there truly are profound mysteries within this relationship that we have with God. And one of those most profound of mysteries is that those of us who proclaim ourselves to be born-again believers, though we be small and weak in our stature before God, we have been given a unique capacity to live each of these days of our lives as if God isn't the Almighty God that He truly is. We've been given this capacity to limit and even quench much of the intimate involvement that God desires to have with us. Think about what I'm saying in those words. We are the body of Christ. The body of Christ was put into place to receive and to accept the magnificence of God's presence and His provision But we can, because of our willfully chosen belief systems, limit and even quench the precious loving hand of God and His activity in our daily life. That's a mystery to me. As we study these words, I want us to go below the surface of these words and to hear the voice of God as He speaks to us. Listen to these words again as I read them, beginning in verse 13 of James 5. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. 
Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wanderings will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. I've entitled this message, and which will probably be part of a series of messages, two or three, perhaps four. I've entitled this series, Dispensations of Providence. Dispensations of Providence. It's a phrase that I borrowed from commentator Matthew Henry. But what it implies is that you and I need to truly do, as I said a moment ago, go below the surface of many of the ordinary circumstances of our daily life in order that we would be able to pursue after God's revelation of Himself to us. So then, in view of these words of our text, may I ask a simple question of you. What is your personal understanding, your personal belief about God and about His personal involvement in these and all the other many ordinary matters and events that take place on the playing field of your daily life? Is God perhaps passive? Is God passive as my coach friend and so many other people seem to believe Him to be? Simply allowing events and struggles and sufferings to unfold in our lives in a seemingly random manner and only involving Himself if we call on Him. Or perhaps secondly, is God a little more up close and personal, more directly involved in our circumstances? Or thirdly, is God actually involved long before any of our circumstances ever arise? What is your personal understanding of that God has given you from these scriptures about these questions? Let me read these verses again. Perhaps three of them. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Now in these words, God has presented us with a few of the ordinary circumstances that you and I might experience even today. And the question again is just how personally involved is God in those matters mentioned there in James 5? Are those occurrences the sickness and the suffering, the cheerfulness and the happiness, are they in fact random events 
that just happen to people as they wake up in the morning? Do you find yourself saying, oh, I woke up with a headache this morning and I cannot seem to get it to go away? What are you saying? Did that headache just suddenly descend upon you? Was it a random event? Where could it possibly have come from? Or perhaps is sickness, suffering, even the cheerfulness, happiness, is that because of someone else's random free will behavior that you just happened to stumble into later on? We sit at a traffic light and we observe people driving through, so many of them talking on their cell phones or texting. And then, on occasion, one more thing takes place. And we see a terrible accident unfold in front of us. People getting hurt, perhaps killed. What about those things that we call accidents? Are they really accidents? Yes, they were most likely unintended. But are they accidents? What is an accident? How do you define that word? As a teenager, I enjoyed going to this place called Funfair. And there I enjoyed riding the bumper cars and playing the pinball machines. But those bumper cars especially, you might aim the bumper car, but it was constructed in such a way that you really couldn't do much aiming of it. You'd turn the wheel one way and it would go another. And then suddenly you're bumping into one person and you're bouncing off and you're hitting another person. That sounds random. Unintended to go this way or that way. And it seems like a continuous occurrence of random bumping and bouncing from one car to another. Or the pinball. As you shoot the pinball into the machine and it bounces off of this bumper, yes, you can get some skill involved, but for the most part, that ball goes where it seemingly wants to go. Is that true? One of my favorite Bible scholars, R.C. Sproul, asked the question, is there such a thing as maverick molecules floating around out there in this world of ours that are completely independent from the control and the influence of anyone or anything outside themselves? Is there even one random molecule floating around in our existence that answers to no one? Now, to put that more on a human level, are there in existence in this world people or things or conditions of life that are able to be completely independent of any power, authority, or control? Are they able to do exactly as they please? without any involvement or control or influence from any other person whatsoever, even God. Is that a possibility? We live as if it is. We may say that we don't want to believe that. 
But we live as if that's what takes place all the time. So considering these words here, verse 13, is anyone of you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praises if any among you is sick. Again, considering, are those conditions of sickness and suffering uncontrolled random occurrences? Or do they on their own randomly just descend upon us? Wake up in the morning with it. Or perhaps did you wake up this morning very cheerful? Is anyone among you cheerful? Does cheerfulness suddenly descend upon you? Much like the sickness might, the headache? My question is, are all these random or seemingly random occurrences independent of outside control? Do they just happen? Now some, perhaps many including myself, would strongly suggest that yes, especially on those very difficult, miserable occurrences that the devil and his demons are always involved in some corrupt manner or another to to bring us this misery. And the Scripture bears that out. But my question is not that. My question is, what about God? One of the headlines on my news page this morning was, where is God in this hurricane? That's what I'm asking. What about God in all of these involvements that you go through each day? Most people are reluctant to ask that question, especially Christians, when it has to do with sickness and suffering. We don't want to deal with that. Especially the stronger we believe in the Lord, the less we are willing to, it seems to consider those questions. Where is God in our sickness and suffering? Or the sickness and suffering of a good friend? Is God passively observing from somewhere out there in the heavens? Is He simply watching, waiting perhaps to see if we're going to call on His name? Or is He intimately engaged in that thing that's taking place in our life? The question is, Is life just this collection of random events? May I say that science has really dealt with this matter. Part of the theories that are being put forth in physics strongly demands that all of the things that are taking place around us be random events. They are random events that eventually form a pattern. And so our scientists have names for those. But what is your and what is my understanding of what's taking place? Are those simply random events that happen to us? Is God passive and just waiting out there in the universe somewhere and watching Or is he more up close and involved with those circumstances? And has he even perhaps inserted his hand in and initiated some of those random events? As I've mentioned to you on occasions, I regularly attend some small group Bible studies. And for the most part, 
all of the ones who are involved in those Bible studies, they're all men, and they are devout believers. Devout believers. And they come from a wide range of doctrinal persuasions. Most of them are Baptists. There's some Presbyterians and Methodists and and uh, a charismatic or so. Each of those Bible studies also has this free flow of conversation, discussion taking place. And as we engage with each other about a scripture text, I find this very familiar theme that we're talking about here being voiced among these very good men. One that expresses this thought that God allows. He allows most of the events that take place on the earth. One of my dearest friends in one of those Bible studies, he emphasized the word allows by saying it two or three times to make sure we understood that God allows these difficult matters of suffering to take place. The implication being that God's hand is secondary. Secondary. It is so difficult for them to understand and believe that God might have initiated those circumstances, so they will imply that by saying he oh he only allows these things to take place as if there was this maverick molecule floating around that caused whatever that to take place he allowed it to take place and he would only put his own hand into the matter after it had fully developed and it seems that they on a regular basis will throw in the verse that we like to throw in which is Romans 8:28 implying that after we have gone in and made a mess out of the matter, and only if we ask, then God, our coach, will call a timeout and come to our aid, clean up our mess, work all things together for good. Secondary cause. God's hand being a secondary cause. His hand is being relegated to a secondary cause. Do you see anything wrong with that? It does not stand up to Scripture that God is a secondary cause. Now yes, God does allow us to have a free will and He allows our free will to interact with other people's free will and often our free will and their free will collide causing suffering and misery. When I hear those men say those words, my heart just cries out, you are missing one of the most wonderful, profound mysteries of God. When you relegate Him to a secondary cause and you hang us all out there for the possibility of things taking place and miseries taking place that He's not in control of because He only comes to our aid when we call Him, when we pray. These are seasoned believers. But it's so hard for them to get to know this God of ours enough to know that He is trustworthy with first causes. That He can be involved in our suffering. He can bring it to us. But He is still trustworthy. 
seems that we fear giving him that privilege of allowing him to be or to believe that he is at the forefront of our suffering. But we're still trusting him. He still is trustworthy. May I say to you that I am fully convinced from these scriptures that God is not just sitting out there on his throne waiting for us to call on him, available if we need him, but only if we call on him. I believe with all my heart these scriptures tell us that his hand was and is involved in all of our circumstances long before that trouble ever started and he's trustworthy all the way through it. As I've observed my friends and listened to what they're saying, it's this thing it seems that if they will allow themselves to believe that God caused initiated that suffering, then that makes him a bad guy. And they cannot believe that God would be a bad guy. And he's not, of course. It's just their definition of what they think is taking place. We always want to present God as being the good guy who comes in there and saves the day after we've messed it up and all of those other mavericks out there that somehow slipped past Him and made a mess out of our life, God comes in and rescues us. It just isn't that way. It just isn't that way. You'll recall we studied Ecclesiastes 3 in Sunday school and there we learned that there's a time and a season for everything under the sun and one of those or two or more of those things that God mentions there in chapter 3 of Ecclesiastes has to do with suffering. Some of it has to do with peaceful days like we're reading about here. Happy days. But He ordained every one of those to take place. Psalm 34, He says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous. You and I will suffer. I'm running a little bit late. Does God initiate suffering? We've talked about this uh, often, but I want us to say it again. You only have to read the book of Job. There is no doubt in the book of Job that God initiated every bit of Job's suffering. And even as Satan would come in and do his worst or try to do his worst, he would have to go back to God and ask permission to do more. That was God's hand on Job. And you only have to read Acts chapter 9 and you can see where God said of Paul, He said, I will show him how much he will suffer for my name's sake. God initiated suffering all through Paul's life. So yes, again, we all have free will. And our free will gets involved in all of these different matters that we're going to experience each day. You and I should not let ourselves get into the position where we're judging God. What do I mean by that? If we believe that we cannot trust Him as a first cause of our suffering, then we have judged Him as being untrustworthy. 
We should not always be trying to say, oh, God only comes in afterwards to help us clean up the mess. I am satisfied that whatever takes place in my life today, no matter how good it is, how cheerful it is, as mentioned here, or how much suffering or sickness, that God's hand has already been in it from the beginning. Just because it doesn't fit our idea of who we want God to be, we should not try to make Him to be that kind of God, but allow Him to be the God that He is. With that foundation, let me close, and we'll get back to this next week. Let's pray.